How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know this is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast, the podcast for young rock metal fans discovering music, help find players they can connect and feel accepted. Welcome to the show, everybody. And this episode's been a year and a half almost in the making because I got to meet this band and this person back in like April of 2022. Been hoping to get in the podcast ever since. And now with the brand new album, The No Bar Self Destruction, coming out on August 25th, we get to talk all about it. So this is going to be Lucas from Holy Absence coming to the podcast. I cannot wait for you guys to check out this episode. Before we do that, though, I want to thank Phoenix Fitness for sponsoring this podcast. Anything you may need to achieve your fitness goals and get Mosh Pit Fit, they have for you. So you can get 20% off. Use the code CPB20 at FNX's comic link description of the podcast. Phoenix Fitness. Yeah, I went quick on this one because this is too much fun. Let's get into it. Let's go! Yeah! Well, 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 ladies and boys and girls, listeners of the Core Progression Podcast. When you think of great post-hardcore music, especially in the 2020s, when I think about it, there's very few bands that come to mind when I think about the absolute tippy top. But this band right here is absolute at the tippy top. Everyone started to know about them back in 2021 with the release of The Greatest Mistake of My Life. That album was absolutely fantastic. The band has been touring nonstop since, and now they've got a brand new album called The Noble Art of Self-Destruction out on August 25th of 2023. If you've listened to the singles so far, you're probably expecting this to be an album of the year contender, and I am as well because I've been addicted to these songs since I started listening to them, and... I don't see that changing anytime soon. This band is absolutely incredible, and now I get to talk to him on the podcast once for the first time. So please welcome Lucas from the band Holding Apps to the podcast. So Lucas, Woo! welcome to the Core Progression Podcast. Hey, man. Thank you so much for the lovely intro, and uh, I just want the listeners at home to know it's 5 o'clock in the morning where you are, and I've never spoke to anybody with as much energy this early in the morning, so thank you so much. <laughs> I- I'm going to take that one to heart, and I'm going to really, really be proud of that one. And I always look at it in a way where if I'm going to be able to speak with some of the artists that I'm really listening to, that I'm really getting behind, and if it's like, yep, you're going to have to do it at 5 a.m. your time, it's going to be without question we're doing it and i'm gonna somehow find the energy for it so no coffee no energy drinks nothing it's just pure adrenaline at this let's point let's go let's go <laughs> it, it gets it gets me through some like shows sometimes where i've had like four hours of sleep gone through a full day it's like okay now i gotta be in these mosh pits for the entire night let's go do this i wish i had your energy <laughs> As long as when it comes to you guys going up on stage, you have the absolute most amount of energy you can put out there to make sure you have put on the best show possible. That's really what matters. It doesn't matter if you're going to have energy at like eight or nine in the morning. I think it's one of those things as well. Like adrenaline is one of those things you kind of can't control as well. You know, like when you're at a show, whether you're on the stage or in the crowd, you know, it's like the switch just gets turned on, you know what I mean? And and you can't kind of control it sometimes. So yeah, I just wish I was like it in the morning. (laughs) Well, it's, it's again, it's just finding a way to get that switch going where it's just you hit it and the energy comes through. And it's like that moment in Deadpool 2 where just stands up and goes, hello, superpowers. And then you're just flying <laughs> at that point. I mean, again, being able to speak to you, even if it's five in the morning, like I hit that switch. It's like, hello, let's go do this. Wow. Let's go. Hell yeah. So as we get as we're starting to gear up towards the release of the album, man, how have things been going for you? How have things been going for the band? Like, what are your feelings going into this? Because at that point in time, when you start thinking about that, adrenaline has to be kicking in. Yeah, for sure, dude. Yeah, we're really excited. You know, I think um, 
it's interesting because now since the greatest mistake of my life we're we're pretty much a full-time band you know so this year is looking like you know we've just done pretty much four months of touring and we're about to leave again to do another four months so it's um so this summer we've been home for three months and we've been just chilling out and just trying to take take some time to you know uh, i guess relax but at the same time like you said, you know, the hype is starting to build now and uh, we're just so excited. The The reception for the singles has been really, really great and uh, just can't wait for people to hear the full album. I think we're an album band, you know, I always tell people that. It's like, I don't think we've ever released one song that sums up an album before, you know, you've got to, you, if you want to understand Holden Absence, you've got to have an hour to sit with the album, you know. And that's kind of a little bit of a difference in terms of how people are really consuming music today, where streaming services are dominating everything. And a lot of more bands are really going behind that single focus, that EP focus mentality, so that they can continue to stay kind of in the zeitgeist and continue to stay in the algorithms of those services so that more people are getting to know them. However, when it comes to you guys, it's a little bit of a different story where you're not releasing like a single here, a single there. It's when you're putting out music, it's you're releasing singles throughout some time, but they're all a part of a full album that are going to be coming out sometime soon. However, it kind of works for you guys in a way because the way you guys are creating your music, it's a full immersive experience when you really sit down and listen to it to where you don't want to just pick a song here and there. It's when you're listening to Holding Absence, you want to get into like four or five of them at the bare minimum from time to time. Yeah, for sure, man. I think I, I try and think, you know, at the end of the day, you know, everybody is kind of moving to what the industry wants, you know, what, what technology is demanding of us and also how our, how we're evolving as people, you know, our attention spans are, are diminishing, you know, so it's like, it is, it is one of those things where it's like, for me, I, I want to make sure that there's an option for people, you know, like not everybody loves the single model. And, and for me personally, like when a band releases a great album, like, you know, this year, like Paris released a brilliant album, you know, and like, I've been loving listening to that in full or like Invent Animate. They've released a brilliant album. And yeah, those albums have great singles. But I just think, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know if you've seen it, but, you know, the um, Christopher Nolan, you know, obviously just put out Oppenheimer. You know what I mean? It's like a three hour long movie. And if you like film, you'll love that film, you know? And I think for me, it's like, it's giving people with an obsession something to actually, you know, um, consume you know, rather than just making them listen to the same three and a half minutes over and over again, you know? See, I, I really like that mentality. I like that comparison to Oppenheimer as well, because even from my standpoint, thinking about it and my perspective, I'm not really into going out to the movies, going to see an experience like yeah. that, because I just don't think it's necessarily worth it for the product that's being put out there. When Oppenheimer came out, I still haven't seen it as a recording of this, but I'm like, I'm still motivated to go to the theater and actually experience this not caring how long it is, I want to be a part of it. I want to be fully immersed in it. Similar mm -hmm. to what your guys' music is, is when I started listening to the singles, once I really started diving deep into them, I want to just keep going through them over and over and over again. So while I was doing a bunch of work the previous days preparing for this and just going through my normal work day, I had them on repeat over and over and over again. Then I was jumping back in the greatest mistake of my life and just keep going through that. Cool. I was, yeah. it, it was something where with you guys... <laughs> It's even though it's a, what you guys are doing is kind of against what the norm of the industry has been going towards. It's still something where your music creates this immersive experience where people want to get into the full thing and want to really connect with it. Even if it might be just one song they're connecting with, they're listening to that song over and over and over and over again because it hits them in such a powerful way. 
Yeah, dude, for sure. And I think the other thing that's interesting is like we're not, you know, um, completely lying against the pain of, of what everybody else in the industry is doing. We are releasing singles at the end of the day. You know what I mean? So I think for us, though, it's always been about how do we conform while still having our own way and doing things on our own terms, really. So we've always released singles. I mean, you know, last year we did um, we did a split EP with Alpha Wolf, you know, and that for us was like, you know, artists release singles, you know, two songs a year or whatever, right? You know, and that was kind of our way of being able to say, well, here you go, algorithm, here's two brand new songs from Holden Absence. And, you know, collabing with Alpha Wolf, that puts us in, even more kind of cool places in terms of algorithm and stuff. But then at the same time, for people like us, you can buy the, the record, you can buy the split vinyl and you can listen to it. And, and I think that's, a, that's like something that we're really passionate about is like, how do we conform to the industry enough? But at the same time, how do we make it so that the, you know, the fans who like three hour long movies and hour long albums can, you know, really engage in it in their way as well, you know? Oh, absolutely. That split EP you guys did last year was n- absolutely nuts. I remember looking, I'm like, wait a minute. I've seen Holding Absence before. I've seen Alpha before. When I've seen you guys, I'm like, I'm having a good time in the in the middle of the crowd and I'm moving, I'm grooving, I'm having a blast. I'm really starting to get into it. When I see Alpha Wolf though, I'm just waiting for Akuda Man to come on and just start smashing and grabbing people and having a blast. I'm like, how is this going to work out? And then all of a sudden it comes out the full thing and it's like, okay, we got one song from Holy Nebs, we got one specifically from Alpha, and then we got two that combine both styles. And it's mm-hmm. just, it, it received so much acclaim from from the music scene, from both metalcore fans, post-hardcore fans, from anywhere else around where everyone was getting into it and really starting to blend that those genres once again and start to understand more of where each band is coming from, what each band's style is, and bringing more fans in that might not have ever checked out that band before based on, Oh, they just don't sound like a band I would like. So my question to you about that is how did that split EP come together? Again, it was maddening seeing it happen when it released. It was like, how? What the hell? <laughs> yeah. How? <laughs> yeah, dude. No, I, I mean, it's one of those things It all, it all starts with respect and love, you know, because like alpha wolf, uh, you know, like one thing that I think is, is really, really sweet is like, when we announced our, our new album, like two of the first names to pre-order it were um, Scotty and Sabian from Alpha Wolf all the way from Australia, you know? And like, and like, I just think that's so sweet because like we are like fans of music at the end of the day. Like Akudama is like probably my most listened to song of the year in like 2020, right? You know, so I think that, that basically it all stemmed from us being like fans of each other's bands and respecting the work and the hustle that we put in, but knowing that we're on a different side of the the kind of spectrum, but at the same time, still knowing that like, you know, we could do something really cool. There is a way that our, our universes can touch, you know? And, and I, I remember growing up and like loving like A Day to Remember and like listening to I'm Made of Wax, Larry, and like my Karanika comes in on the breakdown. And, and it's just like, I just don't know why more bands don't do that. You know what I mean? Like. You know, this is talking years and years in advance, but I'd love to do more collaborative stuff with other artists someday because I just think like, man, you know, we're maybe we're a bit different. I will say we, we and I don't want to sound too like earnest or like fake humble or anything, but like everything we do, we do for our fans. Like we are always listening and thinking what their experience is and how we can make it better, you know? And I just think 
if I was a fan of Holden Absence, I would have loved an Alpha Wolf split, you know, the same way we did a split with Loath back in 2018 and the same way I'd love to collaborate with more artists in the future. You know what I mean? So I think it's one of those things where it's like back to, you know, how do we, how do we give people what they want, but how do we do it in a fun, unique, interesting way? And I think the split EP thing is very unique at the moment. Nobody else is really doing it. So, you know, when, when we kind of got around to arranging that, you know, we were, us both bands, we were just so happy with the outcome. Um, and like, do, you know, I don't know if you, you know, no pressure if you haven't, but like, I don't know if you saw the, like the records, the vinyls, they were so well done. They looked beautiful. And I remember thinking like, I can't wait, you know, for this to 20 years time, somebody to lift one of these up and be like, dude, re remember when Holden Absence and Alpha Wolf did a split EP and I've got it on record, you know, I just, I just think that's so cool. And that's kind of what all of this is about really, you know? See, I have not had a chance to see what those uh, vinyls looked like if they came out. It's I just didn't have any uh, money really to spend on it at the time. I understand. How, how, the however, this good old vinyl player back here definitely needs more of it. So not only yeah. does it need to find that split EP and put it on there, but I need to make sure I get a, a hold of one of the vinyls for the Noble Art of Self-Destruction and get it on that bad boy as well and start spinning that because kind of make sure it sounds good. This is 20 years later, you know, looking through all the old vinyls, it's just like, oh, hell yeah, I remember this one. There it goes, and we're going to listen to the full entire thing. But when it comes to you guys with that these split EPs, you've already done with Loathe, you've done with Alpha Wolf. It's it's something that, you're right, really no one else is doing this around the music scene as well. So it's kind of, if you can, you can do another one, it's kind of becoming unique to you guys. And it shows more respect for, you know, not only the artists that you work with, but these collaborations show off even more of your potential in music, more of what you guys can do, more of what you guys potentially experiment with. And you never know where that's going to end up taking. You never know what's going to end up taking people. And it just gives people a lot more of a chance to see you guys, get to know you guys, and get to experience your music. Because as for, for, especially from the last like three years, whatever you guys have been putting out, there's so much of a high quality behind it. No matter if it's something where it comes off the greatest mistake in my life, comes off no bar of self-destruction, comes off of a split EP with Alpha Wolf that you may have never thought would even exist in your life. But it's something that works. All of a sudden, what's going to happen next? We're going to see a split EP between Holy and Absence and Slaughter to Prevail? <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I think the guitarist follows me on, on Instagram. So maybe, who knows? <laughs> maybe not, though. <laughs> maybe that's too extreme. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, it would be pretty ridiculous to hear you singing all of a sudden have Alex the Terrible just start, like, growling, screaming demonically behind. It's like... Where, where where did that come in? But why is this one of the coolest things I've ever heard in my entire life? Yeah, dude. <laughs> it, it would it would be ridiculous, and that'd be something where I'm pretty sure people would go absolutely crazy for. It. But again, it all depends upon what you guys want to do with your music, where you guys want to take it, and what bands you guys end up connecting with to be able to do something like this with. Because you never know who's going to be down for it. You never know who's going to want to try something like this. It, there's there's always so much going back and forth, but. It's going to be exciting to see if you guys are able, I'm not saying if, but when you guys do something like this again, because you guys have two already mm -hmm. under your belt. It seems like it's a thing that you guys are really potentially going to be able to get behind in between maybe album cycles every time. You never know when it might happen. It might not happen every time, but it'd be something cool. Yeah, dude. I mean, the door is always open. I think the cool thing as well is that like, you know, um, uh, you know, we're not a particularly heavy band, right? You know, and we kind of, I kind of love where we sit in the scene because, you know, we're like, we're not a metalcore band, but I think we're in the metalcore scene, you know, and, and I think that's that's really cool. You know, we're kind of almost like underneath the metalcore scene in, in a weird way. But then at the same time, you know, Loathe and Alpha Wolf, 
they're both super heavy bands, you know. So it's um it's one of those things like I don't know next next time, next split, who knows what that band could be? You know what I mean? We 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 could be talking a pop punk band, we could be talking like an emo band, you know. So so the door is always open, and I think as long as it's cool and fun and interesting, then you know we'll we'll look into doing it. I think you know. And you said something that really kind of just peaked up in my mind where it's when it comes to where you guys sit in the scene, it's, you know, you're not necessarily as heavy to really get into that metalcore realm. However, with the style of music you guys create with how you guys create it with the sound behind it, it's something where metalcore fans are like, can listen to it. It's like, okay, this might not necessarily be myself, but I'm really getting into this. I mean, myself included, it happened with caskets as well. It's like both of you guys kind of sit in this really interesting area where, if we put you, if we hear you with a metalcore band, if you guys go out with some metalcore acts, it makes sense. If you guys go with other yeah. post-hardcore acts, it makes sense. You guys go out with pop punk acts or emo acts, there is some connection there where it makes sense. And you guys have a vast array to go about it. And who knows who you could potentially end up touring with? Who could you open for? Who could have who could be opening for you? There's so many different connections. And honestly, it just it just works so well. And it all is based on not only the energy you guys put out there, but the emotion you guys put out in every single song and how the connection, how the flow of it goes, the energy that's behind it. It all works together to really, I'm not saying match up with the style of a lot of these other bands, but matches mm-hmm. with the flow of how it can go from one band to the next in a live set. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of people don't really know what genre of music we are, really. I know people always say like post-hardcore, you know, but it's like you said, man, like, other than Hail the Sun, who are a really good band crushing it at the moment, um, I don't think there's any kind of like post-hardcore bands in the scene at the moment, other than, uh, I mean, you know, maybe I'm, I'm being ignorant there, but you know, no other bands that are kind of actually making a name for themselves in that genre of music. So yeah, it is, it is funny because it's kind of like, people don't really know how to categorize, categorize us. And uh, I really I really like that, you know? I, I, I like the fact that we could tour with uh, you know, we could tour with Alpha Wolf or we could tour with Being as an Ocean or we could tour with Stand Atlantic or Neck Deep or Silverstein or, you know, whoever, right? So we just did a tour with Electric Callboy, you know? So it's like, it's one of those things where I think the more we spread ourselves out, the, the better, really. And just even off this album alone, when you listen to Honeymoon and then Scissors, or I think it's the other way around, sorry, Scissors into Honeymoon on the mm-hmm. album, you know, it's like, that's from one side of the scene to the other. And like, I love that, you know what I mean? And, and and it's cool because it means no matter who we put the tour with, we'll always have a few songs that'll fit with whatever genre of music we're, we're touring with, if that makes sense. That, that does make a lot of sense because when it comes to different fan bases, when it comes to different styles of music, it's those fans are going to have a certain connection to the certain sounds and how it makes them feel, a different emotional attachment to them because they're connecting them on such a deep level. So when you're listening to like, you know, Honeymoon or Scissors, you're going to get something that's going to be completely different in terms of style. And it depends upon what, what, what bands you're going out with. And like, you know, you're saying you're going out with, like when you went out with Electric Cowboy, all right, we all know Electric Cowboy. We all know it's going to be high energy, fast paced, and absolutely ridiculous, but fun as all hell at the same time. So how did you guys fare on that tour as well with your style of music? Because again, people are probably going there, especially for Electric Cowboy, but everyone's in such a happy mood and such a great mood where it's, you guys are just going to be able to capitalize on that. So how'd the whole entire tour turn out? yeah it was i gotta be honest it was quite a tough one because it's like it's a band like that you you're only going to watch them you know and like so a lot of the time you know we kind of look out of the crowd and it'd be like oh man these people are just waiting for hyper hyper you know and it's like it's tough because no matter what you do it's almost like 
not that you're fighting a losing battle, but you know, there's some tours that are, are really like scene centric. So like every band you're going to see every, basically you're going to see every band, if that makes sense. And a band like Electric Callboy, cause they're so brilliant and they're also so big at the moment, you know, it's like their fans just want to watch them, you know? So for us, it was like, how do we capture their attention? Um, and basically just also, like you said, man, like how do we make sure that it's as fun for them as possible on the lead up to Electric Callboy? And, you know, my goal was for this song, I need a circle pit. For this song, I need a wall of death. For this song, I need crowd surfers. Like, let's just try and get everybody out of their skin a little bit more. And like, um, you know, we're lucky our song Afterlife is quite successful. And it's like, it's got that kind of dancey, kind of boppy kind of vibe to it. So every night that one went down a treat, you know, but yeah, it was, it was definitely a challenge. And, and, and I love learning from those things. You know, if something is hard or even if you fail at something, you know, I think it, it's good because it, it means that, you know, the next time it happens, you're more prepared for it. And I, and I think now, thanks to that tour, I think we're ready to do anything really, you know? Oh, absolutely. And you're correct. When it comes to like electric cowboy, it's how people, it's their style and just how they connect with people on such a positive, fun way. It's when people go and see them, the real folks is I'm going to see electric cowboy. Even when they come over to the U S like I have a ticket for their Chicago show. It's like, yeah, nice. I'm there to go and see them. I know Conquer divide is open. I like Conquer divide, but there's this innate I'm like I'm there because I cannot wait for pump it to start. The pit's going to yeah. open up. and I would be doing pushups in the middle of the pit before, before <laughs> Kevin starts going with his uncleans. Cause I want to have some fun with it and then start smashing, smashing. Hypa Hypa comes out. We're going to be going crazy. They play techno train. We're going to get the whole train going. Dude, and just start going like yeah, this the whole entire way through. So there's an expectation that's there. And then when you guys are coming on before it, right before the crowd's about to get in that, there's an anticipation to come and see Electric Call. There's an anticipation. It's like we got one more band before we get to see these guys. So it is a challenge to have to capture that kind of attention when there's so much focus on another band. Again, that's it's it's nothing against electric cowboy. That's just the way that it's it is right no, now with the scene. And it's, it's fantastic. For them, to be honest, you know, it's it's a huge compliment to them how brilliant and unique they are. You know, it's like um, and also, man, what a great live band and what a group of legends. Like, I I absolutely love those guys and I'm so grateful we got a tour with them. Just just because you know they were just so lovely. You know, like I'm still still talk to Kevin and Nico really often, you know, and it's, it's really cool. I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful for our friendship, you know? I mean, that's one even more fantastic thing to hear that you're continuing these collaborations and friendships with these guys. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll see a Holy Dap Electric Callboy <laughs> yeah. split EP. That would be something as hell as interesting as hell. But even on top of that as well, when it comes to your live set is going through that experience and having to figure out what you can do to make sure that the crowd is still having this interactive moment so that, leading into if what they're expecting from electric cowboy you guys are providing this great runway into it and now people are going to be looking back and thinking huh remember we saw holy absence open for electric cowboy and how yeah. we felt during that and we were all amped up going into it we had the crowd surfers we got a wall of death going at one point we had a nice circle pick mm -hmm. going what afterlife played everyone was just vibing dancing having a good time let's go check them out again let's go see what happens when maybe they're with more bands that are more around what style they're they're working with. Maybe when they're coming through on a headlining run, let's go see what they can do. We're expecting to see just them or expecting to see them the most out of any band on the bill. Yeah, that's kind of the goal is like, I, I always think about um, like the subconscious of the scene, mm -hmm. you know? So 
if I said, I, I can't think of an example, but there are loads of bands out there that you've never listened to, um, but you've seen on about three tour posters or you've yeah. seen next to in a comment with another band that you like, you know, but you, you've never gone and listened to them, you know? And I think like, oh, maybe you saw a band a while ago and you never got around to listening to them. And then one day they come up on Spotify and you think, whoa, I saw this band. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it's one of those things that I think the, a really important part of being busy in the scene is, is just making sure that you're always in the subconscious of everybody. So, you know, if somebody saw us on the Silverstein tour and they didn't get around to checking us out, but now we come back with Senses Fail and they go, oh man, actually this band were really good. I'm going to buy their album. There we go. That's, that's it. It took two attempts, but you know, we got them in the end, you know what I mean? And I think it's one of those things where, you know, if you don't try, you don't succeed. So when it comes to Europe, and those tours that we did, those shows that we did in Electric Callboy, you know, it won us over probably a thousand fans the next time we do Europe, you know, because those people might not be listening to us now, but they'll see our posters in their city and then they'll think, oh, you know, I saw those guys with Callboy. They were kind of cool. Maybe I'll check them out in their own space. And then, you know, we don't have to be playing up to it so much. I don't have to be doing the crowd surf and the, you know, and the circle pit, you know, because, you know, it's our space then, you know, and, and I think that's a big thing is facilitating an environment for our band. But then at the same time, when we're not headlining shows, going out, supporting other bands and trying to almost give them an insight as to what our band is, if that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And by saying, you know, staying in the subconscious of the minds of the scene, it that makes a lot of sense too, because I think about some of the bands that I found out about where I knew their name. I had really no idea their music, but then all of a sudden I saw them come through to, through my city playing live. I'm like, you know what? Let's go check them out. That's what happened yeah. the first time I saw Ice Nine Kills. And I went into that show, not really knowing any of their music to the, after that thinking, this is one of the coolest bands I've ever seen in my entire life. Like that's just how it yeah. happens. And where you're coming from as well, it's, you know, in those shows where you're opening for some of these bands where the style isn't necessarily matching up with yours, it's you're in that moment to try and find a way to make sure you're embedding yourself into the subconscious of those fans and creating that moment to the point where, yeah, they might not be going home that night really connecting with you guys or listening to you guys or thinking about you guys the next day. But they saw you guys and they know they had a fun experience with it. So by the mm -hmm. next time you come around, whether it's an opening act or whether it's a headlining act, they're going to say, hey, I remember seeing them and now I want to go check them out. And then it gives you a chance to really let them into your world where you were trying to connect with them. Now it's a point where, hey, let's go see them a second time, but in their own space. As a fan, it's us trying to connect with you in your capacity, how you guys put on shows and how your music affects us. So it's a different feeling, but at the same time, it's allowing fans to be open to the experience and giving them a taste at first, connecting with them whatever live show they're going to be at at that point. But when they come and see you the second time, it's now let's connect with them the way that we normally connect with people during our live sets. And let's bring them into our world with open arms and uh, like a loving embrace. <laughs> yeah, dude. And I think that's cool as well. It's like, you know, I, I will say like, you know, it's, it's lovely talking to you because you're so enthusiastic and passionate about the scene, you know? And, and I think, you you hope that everybody is is the way you are about about music you know because it's like at the end of the day i just go and i try my best and i hope i can win over the crowd and uh maybe i don't maybe next time we'll get them you know what i mean but i think like you know it, it is really important as well that the, the crowd is 
willing as well. That's another thing. So sometimes you'll play with a band and the crowd, like, like for example, you know, and like, this is kind of a random tangent, but like we're really good friends with them. They played our, this, they played their second show supporting our band, but it's like Sleep Token, you know, like they're huge at the moment. And like, I, I think they're one of those bands that you couldn't support <laughs> because like their fans just don't want to watch, like in a great way. Like mm -hmm. the, everyone is so enamored by Sleep Token that like you just are there to watch Sleep Token. And I, I think, you know, like, I don't know if at all supporting Sleep Token would be good, to be honest, because it's like everyone's just there to watch Sleep Token. You know what I mean? And it, it's one of those things where like back to the scene and playing a bill where every band is, everybody wants to watch every band versus a, a show is like with a band like Sleep Token. You just want to go, you just want to watch Sleep Token and that is perfectly fine. You know what I mean? But then at the same time, you know, I guess it, it, it is kind of weird being put in those positions to support those bands then, I guess, you know, and trying to figure out how to play the crowd a little bit, you know? Oh yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I even think about other bands too, like, uh, like Guns N' Roses, it's like when you go to yeah, Guns N' yeah. Roses and you see, I've heard stories about like bands have opened for them. It's like, yeah, we know that the fans don't want to see us. They're here to specifically see Guns N' Roses. Sleep Token does make sense in that capacity. And in a certain way, Bad Omens is starting to get into that category. However, because Bad mm -hmm. Omens, their first two albums really connected with the heavier side for fans. It's there are people that are coming there to their shows and it's like for their next run here in the U.S., it's they're going out, I think, uh, eras in support of them. It's like, yeah, I want to yeah. go see era too, because I know what they can do. Hearing the intro to Gungrave is going to get everyone on that, in that, oh, uh, dude, in that room just going absolutely <laughs> nuts. But with you guys like thinking about, you know, opening for sleep token, it's, that would be a major challenge, even though you guys have the connection with them already when they're open for you, it's, if people are going there and they are so enamored by sleep token, by their style, by the mystique behind them, it would be mm. something where you guys would have to go up on stage before them and try and connect with the fans and it would be i'm not like it would be incredibly tough to try and break through that mold but you guys again you guys went off electric cowboy you guys have done some of these other tours as well with bands where does holy absence really fit on this bill you might not know but it's something where you guys have the experience to try and figure out how can we create a like a an experience for these fans where they're gonna be listening to like thinking about the end you know, I actually kind of like that. I actually kind of enjoy yeah. that. So then subconsciously your name is in their head. And as they're going through Spotify, maybe the next month, maybe the next year or something, Holy Absence comes on on shuffle. And it's like, oh, wait, I saw this band before. I remember, I remember this. I got to check yeah, out more of this. Why wasn't I as into this? Well, because mentally you were so focused in on one band on that show where it's you kind of had tunnel vision at that point instead of being able to expand your horizons. And if you really love a band that much and it's like you're really connected with them, I get it. It happens. It's okay. Yeah. But being open to that experience can really, really, really show you so many great bands that you didn't really give the time of day to just based off of you didn't know them or you were so enamored by one band where you just kind of forgot. Yeah, dude. And that's why I, I got a lot of respect for Bad Omens, actually, because, you know, there's such, like you said, they are so big at the moment and like they are just in their own league pretty much, you know. But at the same time, you know, you look at the last two tours they've done and it was Dayseeker, Thousand Below, Era, Invent Animate. Like those are four of the best bands in the scene right now. You know what I mean? So they are really giving back to the scene. So, um, yeah, I got a lot of respect for that. Yeah, I, mean, I think they even had like on one of the tours they had make them suffer with them as well, which it was like it was yeah, thousand yeah. below, make them suffer, 
uh, Dayseeker and Bad Omens, which was like, okay, this is kind of weird where it's like we're going some good thousand below, then we're getting heavy, then we're getting emotional, then we're getting bad omens. It's like, um, this is a little bit of a wacky kind of build, but it's cool to bring all those different fans together. And even talking with uh, Thousand Below as well, one of the cool things that they did for Thousand Below was they made sure that the doors for the venue were open. This was a bad omens thing. They made sure the doors were open an hour before Thousand Below started because they knew how many people were going to be coming in there and they didn't want to have Thousand Below go on stage and have a line people out the door still. still trying to get in. It's like they want to give people the most amount of time to get in there. So Thousand Below would be playing to, at that time, a bare minimum thousand people every single night. That's so cool. That's so sick. And not every band does that either. You know what I mean? Like that's them going out of their way to do it. So, yeah. So now let's get Holy Napton to go out on tour with Bad Omens and make sure that that happens. Yeah, boy. (laughs) I mean, hey, you know, we'll accept the offer. Oh, I, I'm, I'm going to be waiting for all of a sudden, like, they're, um, if they, when they go over to Europe and potentially do a headliner, because I think the next time they're going over to Europe, they're doing direct support for Bring Me the Horizon, which for them absolutely makes sense. But it's like, yeah, they go over to a headline run, let's get Holy Absence on that bill and let's let them rip and have a good time. Yeah, man. I mean, hey, anywhere in the world they want to take us, I'm sure we'd, we'd accept the offer. So. Oh, absolutely. Now, kind of jumping into the Noble Art of Self-Destruction, especially the singles. I mean, they've been out for quite a while right now. What have you seen has been the reception, not only from fans of Holy Absence, but from just the entire music scene in general from these? Because I, I, from listening, like I've mentioned it a couple of times already, but I've been blown away by these singles. Compared to the greatest mistake of my life, I'm like, these are hitting me a lot more than cool. those yeah. did. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked on this. So what's been the reaction not only from fans, but the scene as well? Yeah, man. I mean, that's the thing. I think the fear for this album was that you know, The Greatest Mistake did so well, you know, it, it really did really well for our band. And I think a lot of people discovered us through that album. And I think, you know, we obviously toured America for the first time and Australia for the first time with the album. So it was like, I, I almost couldn't believe how well that album did. And then for this one, it was like, oh, how the hell are we going to top it? You know what I mean? So it it is a tough one because it's like, um, you know, I, I definitely had a lot of like fear coming into, uh, into the Noble Art of Self-Destruction. But um all the reviews, you know, have said that this is our best album yet. You know what I mean? So I am super excited to just tour the world with it for people to listen to it in full. You know, I think it's one of those things, like I said, back to us being a bit more of an album band. I think people are waiting for the album to really dig their teeth into the singles as well. So I'm really excited to see what people think, you know, like the closing track is like one of probably the most emotional song we've ever written. It's super emotional. And like, you know, um, the next single that's coming out um, I, is my favorite song on the album. You know what I mean? So it's like, so yeah, I mean, there's still a lot left to listen to. And, and like um, the opening track rips, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's one of those things that I'm just like, excited for for everybody to just kind of listen to it in, in, in its entirety and, and to just see how they feel. And I think, like you said, you know, if, if you like The Greatest Mistake of My Life, I think you're going to love this album. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, it is one of those, it is one of those ones, but um I'm just, I'm just ecstatic to finally get it out there, you know? Oh, absolutely. Because I'm even thinking about it from my perspective. It's when I listened to The Greatest Mistake of My Life, it was, 
again, just jumping into it for the first time, I'm like listening to some of those songs. It was like beyond belief really hit for me. Afterlife, of course, absolutely hit on mine. I'm like, this is awesome. There are a couple others as well that are just in my head right now. I'm just blanking on the names of them and it's just killing me right now. So then when I jumped into the singles for Noble Art of Self-Destruction, I'm like, okay, let's see where you guys pick up after this. Let's see where you guys go with this. And the person listening to A Crooked Melody, I'm just like, Yep, they basically picked up right where they left off and they continue to expand on it even further. But then when I got to False Dawn, I'm just like, okay, this, in my opinion so far, I'm like, this is probably the best song I've heard from Holy Absence. And it's not cool. even close. It just, wow. it, I've probably listened to that song from when I first heard it to right now. It's been like the couple of days, probably at least like 30, 40 times. It's just there's something about it that just grabs me and just holds me in and just makes me want to keep listening to it back and forth, back and forth, and just feel the full emotion behind it. I don't know what it is, but I'm so enamored with that song specifically. I have not been able to get my mind off of it. Thank you, man. You know, I think it's funny because it's like, like we back to what we said earlier with the, the genre thing, you know, it's like, you know, I... I'm not really sure what a Holden Absence song sounds like anymore because there's so many different things that we do, you know? So when you think about the first four singles, you know, you've got, um, you've got Crooked Melody, which is kind of like new wave kind of metalcore alt-rock, I guess, you know? False Dawn sounds like a, like an early 2000s emo song, you know? Um, Scissors sounds like, a, like an early 2000s post-hardcore song. And then Honeymoon sounds like this acoustic Deftones shoegaze epic you know and I, and I think it's really cool because like when people tell me their favorite song so far it almost says to me like what kind of person they are if that makes sense you know what I mean and and I really I really love that about this band and about this album you know what I mean so I'm, I'm really glad to hear you like False Dawn though because like I think it's one of those songs that like because it's not trying to do anything too contemporary you know what I mean I think it's just a really good song I, I feel like a couple of people maybe don't get it quite as much or whatever, you know? And like, I think that's always a conversation I'm trying to like get my head around is like, how much do we conform to the scene? You know, like how, how different does this song, how new does this song have to feel for it to feel good? If that makes sense, you know, do, does it have to have like a synth <laughs> or like a cool sub bass going on in the background? Or can we just have, you know, back to, back to basics 2000s emo banger you know and and it's really nice to see that people in, enjoy it for what it is which is really cool so i'm glad you enjoy that one i must say shoot if uh, if you're saying you know with all these four these four songs and how different they feel you're hearing people tell like say oh this is my favorite this is my favorite kind of gives you an insight into what you like kind of insight into them i'm like man what does lucas think of me now that i said false Dawn was my favorite no, song no, 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 no. It's good, man. like like i'm like the yeah. wheels keep turning but it, what you said makes a lot of sense too because you listen to all four and all four have a different feel to it have a different sound to it but when it comes down to it when i was listening to them the one thing that still made a connection point was i still thought this is a holy absence song all four times and all four songs have a completely different build behind them. Whether more has more of that like acoustic deft tone shoegaze style, more of that 2000s post hardcore, more of that 2000s emo, more of that like synth wave, alt rock, metalcore mixed with a crooked melody. There's so many different things there, but when you listen to those songs and you listen to the progressions that come through there, you listen to the emotion that's in your voice and you listen to how everything connects together in all four of those songs. I'm thinking, I'm like, man, this is directly like the, the perfect so far 
post, you know, greatest mistake in my life, which absolutely blew you guys up. And now it's like, this is just continuing on with that, continuing on with the growth of the band, not only, you know, commercially, but also sonically, musically, you guys as people, it's still showing that. But when you listen to it, there's no doubt in my mind of when I listen to it for the first time, like, yep, this is a holy and absent song. It still hits with that way. No matter what you guys are doing, there's still something there that has this core sound that you guys have to you that's still in every single song, no matter how different they are. Yeah, I think, you know, even if you take like sonic aspects out, you know, so the, the you know, the way that we kind of, um, the, uh, what was the word I'm looking for? Like uh, the, the dynamics and the tones and, and the stuff that we use, you know, we use a lot of like shoegazy kind of atmospheric kind of stuff, you know, even if you remove all of that and you just really bring it down to its bones, I think holding absence songs can be anything because at their core, and the bones of the song are just genuine, sincere, emotional songs. You know what I mean? And I think like the day the day I stop doing that is the day that it stops feeling like a whole Mapson song. I think you know I I really can't wait to see what album four sounds like. You know, I know that's very far away, but you know I'm excited for the future of this band because I know as long as we keep the intent and as long as we keep that personable kind of connection. I think we can kind of do anything. And I'm really excited about that, actually. I would be, too, just because it allows you to experiment with so many different ideas, allows you to experiment with so many different sounds. And if you want to try something that is more popular, that's contemporary, give that a shot. If you want to go back to something that has a little more of this classic flair, or if you want to try something that's completely different that you're not expecting, who knows? We might get a holding absence in like with a split EP with Alpha Wolf, a song where it's just holding absence goes Alpha Wolf. And all of a sudden we're going to be like, wait, did holding absence just go all hardcore on us? And we're going to start swinging at people <laughs> just for the hell of it. Um, Maybe, I don't know, but then there's going to be this certain emotion that's behind that track itself. It's like, well, this still is a holding absence track. You can still feel where the where that passion is coming from, the absolute core of the song. But at this point in time, it's we're emotionally kicking each other's asses at this point. Yeah, dude, that's cool as well. Because like I read, um, I was on Reddit the other day, and somebody posted saying, um, "What metal? What? What was it? It was like what non-metalcore bands would write a really good metalcore album?" And uh, we were one of the top comments, and and I just thought that was really cool because it's like. I think it's not just about genre either, but like the heaviness that our band has, it's quite fluid. You know, it's like most people say, you know, bands slowly sell out over time or whatever. But I think we're, I think at the moment we're getting heavier than ever before. Aching Longing, Scissors, Death Nonetheless, which is on the new album. You know, those are like heavier songs, you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm definitely, I, we could never pull off an Alpha Wolf level metalcore banger. But um, I, I love the fact that, you know, we, we can still be quite fluid and we can, you know, go up and we can go down and people encourage us to do that. And I think people like the, the music no matter what, you know. I mean, that's really where it comes down to it's do people like the music at its core and with you guys, it's you guys hit on so many different levels where even for people that haven't heard you, it's really hard not to hear a one or two holding absent songs and not start to connect with it. If, if you don't, I'm like, well, either it's just you're not really into this kind of music, which makes sense. Or yeah. maybe, you know, your heart's been calloused over so many yeah, times yeah. you're just not feeling it. You have it. no soul. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, dear God, what happened to their soul? Um, We, we got to go find it, guys. We got to go find it. Um, Just start playing a bunch of Dayseeker, a bunch of Holy Absence, a bunch of Caskets, a bunch of Thornhill. Man, we should have brought them back out on that U.S. tour when all four of those yeah, bands played. They would have felt something. 
Yeah, but it, I mean, thinking about it too, it's you guys definitely have the ability to go so many different places with your music. On that Reddit post with what non-metalcore bands can write a great metalcore album, and people are thinking about you guys, it speaks to not only your versatility as a band, but also speaks to just when it comes to songwriting. When people think of holding absence, people think of no matter what songs can come out, the writing behind is going to be so consistently great where they could go into different styles. They could go into a different genre and still succeed in that. And another big reason behind that is because seeing the split EP with Alpha Wolf, it's we can see what happens when they're working alongside collaborating with one of the heaviest bands, one of the craziest bands in the scene right now, and how that style really comes out and really connects with people, how it connects with that emotion, how it connects with the absolute feeling of, you know, sometimes I just want to go smash, smash, grab and have a blast and just let it all out. There's something there when it comes to how you guys write music, how you guys connect with the fans and how that emotion comes across where, yeah, you could you guys potentially write a metalcore album? I think it could happen. Could you guys write a full-on emo album? I think it could happen. Could yeah. you guys just write something completely random, wacky, but it absolutely still fits with what you guys are going for with the emotion that you bring out? Yeah, I think it could happen. Yeah, I think that's the goal is to never, never close a single door. You know what I mean? Like nothing is ever off limits, you know? Um, so yeah, so who knows what the future of this band holds, but, um, I, I'm, I, my problem is I'm always thinking too far ahead. So, you know, I'm already thinking about album four now and album three isn't even out yet. So <laughs> I've got to take it one step at a time, you know? Yeah. Cause by the time, you know, it's, it's a good thing to be thinking that far ahead at the same time to just constantly yeah. have a, to keep yourself pressured, to keep moving forward. Cause I had a conversation with someone that I actually work with at a full, my full-time job. And she had said something about, keeping like putting pressure but not putting pressure for others where it's like keep putting mm. pressure on yourself so that you keep moving forward that you keep expanding on what you're trying to do you keep driving towards your next goal but not putting the pressure on from others where it's having others try and pressure you so you either increase the pressure to try and go there and you miss out on the present or you get pushed in a direction that you might not necessarily want to be pushed in so it helps you continue to continue to move forward, continue to experiment in ways you want to experiment and continue to try to find different ideas that you want to potentially work on. However, even though album three still has yet to drop, it's something where when it does drop and you guys go through the album cycle, you're still able to be fully immersed in that and enjoy what you have created, how the fans are connecting with it and being able to create those moments where fans are really getting behind the band, either if they haven't gotten behind the band yet or if they're fully behind the band in that live setting. Yeah, dude. And like, you know, it's to be honest, what you just said then actually really resonated with me because it's like, I, I think as a person, it's important. I know this sounds stupid, right? But like, you know, looking forward to the next album all the time, you know, what's next, what's next, what's next? Like that gets me through the days, you know what I mean? Like that, you know, and next thing you know, it's been two years and like my life has changed a load, but I've been focused on something and I've succeeded, you know? And I think like, I think that can be applied to everyday life, honestly, you know, uh, like I think, you know, it, it's, it sounds really stupid, but you know, when you think about like the eras and the arcs of different bands and stuff, you know, we as people are entitled to those things as well. You know what I mean? Maybe you're going through your, your, I don't know, for me, I've just gone back into Pokemon cards, right? You know what I mean? So I'm in my Pokemon card era right now. And then, you know, maybe, I don't know, like, like, um, I don't know, maybe you start going to the cinema more often. You know, I, I went through a phase where I went to the cinema once a week for, for like two years or whatever. But it's like, it's, it's one of those things where like, it, I think it's important as people to, to almost treat ourselves like ongoing projects, you know, and always respect the fact that, you know, 
there's always something more for us to be doing. And if we, if you want to change and explore different things the same way a band does, you know what I mean? Like the world is such a, a big and vast place. And I think as long as, like you said, as long as nobody's pressuring you to do it, do it, explore the thing, you know? Yeah, because you never know what might happen if you don't explore the thing. If you explore it, you might get back into Pokemon cards. You might yeah, start dude. to find something that's really cool. Or from my standpoint, it was like going in through life. It was I had like thinking about the different eras, the different, you know, even from life, different album cycles of life where yeah. going from like, you know, a cycle from where I thought I was going to go once I graduated uh, college to starting the podcast was that was a very tumultuous time. But all of a sudden, once I started, it was OK, now I'm getting into the, my my music era, my podcast era. And that's been going on for almost five years at this point and continuing nice, on. And it's something where do I want to break away from that? Do I want to try something? If I have another interest, I'm going to probably pursue it a little bit, but there's still such a strong focus for me on things I love, which is going to live shows, being in those mosh pits, feeling this, and then bringing energy on a podcast like this, being able to connect with my favorite artists and do something where I want to make sure that by the time, you know, another year and a half goes by where I can go to my full-time job and just be like, I'm out. See you because this yeah, is successful dude. enough to keep that going and really focus in on this and then start a brand new era where it goes from, okay, trying to make it in this area in the space to, okay, now he's able to dedicate full time this and support himself from this. Where can it go from here? That's kind of where I want to look at for the next era and putting pressure on myself to get to that point. It's, it's something that isn't easy because there's sometimes a lot of uncomfortability that comes with that. Yeah. However, it's similar to music as well. If you're not going to push yourself through that uncomfortability, you're not going to try and explore these different things. You're not going to grow at a, at a certain standpoint. You're not going to take that tour with Electric Callboy in that instance, but you guys mm. took it anyway. You guys went forward with it and made the most out of it. And now coming out of it as a band, you guys are stronger than ever from a live setting because you've gone through something like that and you have a different feeling of how can we capture fans when they're not expecting us. But then when they're expecting us, how can we bring them in with that loving embrace and really give them that moment in time where they're going to come away from the live show just thinking, I think I may have just found one of my favorite bands now. Yeah, dude, for sure. I think one of the best places to be is just outside of your comfort zone because, you know, you're not like, you're not going to make a fool of yourself and fail and fall on your ass, you know what I mean? Because you're close enough to the things that you know and you love. But then at the same time, when you're out of your comfort zone, it's like, you know, there's almost like a certain energy that is makes you perform in a different way, makes you create in a different way and, you know, and essentially just grow, you know. If, if you're always a little bit out of your comfort zone and you start turning that little bit into your comfort zone, after a while, you're just going to have a bigger comfort zone, you know what I mean? And, and I think that's a really cool way of looking at it. And same with you in the podcast, you know, it's like, I can see your your, um, your little whiteboard on the, on the side, you know what I mean? And it's cool to see that, like, in a couple of days time, you've got another band and then another band. And then, and I think like, it's one of those things where like, you've always got to be thinking about what's next, you know, as a person, as a creative, as a podcaster, as, as a whatever, you know, it's like, if you aren't looking forwards, the world is going to move on without you. You know what I mean? And, and I think that is really the key to evolving, growing and creating, you know? Oh, absolutely. Because I even think about from the podcast standpoint, it's been trying to take steps forward and trying to figure out, okay, how can I connect with some of these bands? How can I bring some of these bigger bands on and how can we make this happen? So it's starting to reach out more, starting to take more risks. And from that, it's like, okay, I've had a chance to talk with LJ from Seven Dust. I've had Matt from Caskets nice. back on. Literally, I had less than maybe I had like, I think it was 18 hours to prepare for an interview with uh, Maddie, the drummer from From Ashes to New. And I'd been trying to get that one for months. And it's like, 
am I going to take this? Absolutely. And then yeah, this dude. one too, it's like, you know, I'm always looking forward to these, but then when they happen, it's just, I get so lost in the moment to the point where it's now it's like, I'm not even thinking about the episode I still have coming up that I'm still going to be working on the next couple of days. All I'm thinking about right now is how awesome this is right now and how great this conversation is. And I'm fully immersed in it. And now it's just, it makes me continue wanting to get to know you guys more, listen to more music. And when you guys come out around back to the United States, it's like, how am I going to be able to find a way to get to see you guys live? And where is that going to be? How far do I have to travel and make that happen? I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's like, you know what? That comes a point in time where I'm just going to be fully immersed in the situation and just see what happens, but keep pressuring myself to move forward so that by the next time I end up having a conversation like this with you on a podcast, it's somewhere, you know, we're even further along, not only you're in your career, me and mine have a lot, much larger odds and just keep this rolling, keep this going, keep putting pressure on myself to continue to get to the places that I want to be being close to that comfort zone where if something is truly going terrible, I can jump back into it, but it's not easy to jump back into it. It's like, I can't just like quickly cower if I'm not putting pressure on myself. And it's something where you got to find that perfect balance. And when you said just outside of it to where if something goes terribly wrong, you can jump back into it. But if things are getting tough and you can tough it out, it's you're still outside of it. You can continue to grow so that your comfort zone expands further and further and further. So then you can even go further beyond what you thought you could possibly do even a year ago. Yeah, dude, for sure. What what an inspirational start to the day for us both. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So anyone that's listening, if you're feeling absolutely inspired, feel inspired, feel fantastic. Go. And it. also then go listen to Noble Art of Self-Destruction. If it's <laughs> out by the time you listen to this, go to the whole thing. If it's not, listen to the singles and just get fully immersed into it. Hell yeah, dude. I can't wait, man. Counting down the days until it comes out. Oh, it'll be soon enough and everyone will be into it and everyone will have a blast. Well, Lucas, as we bring this podcast to conclusion, one thing I'd like to do is give my guests, which is you in this instance, a chance to say whatever you want to say, plug wherever you want to plug, promote wherever you want to promote at the end of the episode. So my friend, the floor is yours. Oh, man. Um, you know, I feel like just the new album, you know what I mean? It's like, um, yeah, the Noble Art of Self-Destruction is out on August 25th. Uh, we're fortunate enough to literally that day we're leaving for a three-month world tour. We're doing... America with Senses Fail and Thousand Below. Uh, we're doing Australia with Thornhill. And then we come home and we do headline shows in the UK and Europe. So no matter where on earth you are listening to this, you know, uh, please, please come out to a, to a show. And uh, yeah, check out the new album. And I hope you enjoy. Perfectly said. Now I'm going to close up the podcast with three things. First things first, when it comes to finding Holy and Absence online, when it comes to make sure you can get the Noble Art Self-Destruction, pre-order it, pre-save it, or if it's already now, stream it, listen to it, buy it, pre- get some get some of the vinyls, do whatever you need to do. Make sure you're going out and getting tickets to one of the live shows they're playing all across the world, whether it's in America, whether it's over in Australia, or whether it's with their headlining row when they go back to Europe. Anything about that, go script to the podcast, they find Holding Absence online, links for social media, links for YouTube, links for Spotify, Apple Music, website, merch store, everything's going to be down there for you. So, I'm doing all the heavy lifting. All you got to do is click and go to your favorite one. Now it's time for number two. And Lucas, whenever I've guessed in the podcast, I enjoy the podcast. I tend to make a certain promise to say thank you. And I wish you continue to support the band any way I can. And I've already kind of done this in a way, but I'm going to keep Max out because the last time I got to see you guys play live, which was my first time, I brought a case of beer on the bus for caskets and you guys were on there. And I remember that story. I remember that day. It was one of my favorite days of all time, having a blast talking with you guys, talking with caskets, hearing James from caskets, tell all the crazy stories about him in primary school. Just going nuts. Just one of the, one of the, one of the funniest guys. And 
absolutely I want to do this again. So when I get to see you perform live the next time, I will come and find you. I will go Liam Neeson. I will look for you. I will find you. And I will likely have another case of beer for you guys and be like, hey, guys, this is for you. Legend. Thank you so much, man. I don't actually drink on tour, so don't uh, don't feel offended if I don't do a Stone Cold Steve Austin in the second you give it to me. But uh, our bassist loves a good beer, so they, w- they won't go to waste. <laughs> oh, then I can always find something else to bring your way to, so... Not that's not alcoholic, so that you know when you're on tour, you make sure you save your voice and it's as powerful as it continues to be. Whatever, whatever you feel comfortable bringing, even a handshake, I'll, I'll, I'll graciously accept. You know, so. per- perfect. But now is the time for number three. And Luke, I can't end this podcast by saying goodbye for a number of reasons. One, this was absolutely fantastic, and I'd love to have you back on the podcast again in the future. Secondly. I'm going to come see you guys play live. I'm going to end up bringing that case of beer for the re- so the rest of the band can enjoy it, and I'll have something for you as well so that we can continue that. And three, you know what, man? I, I cannot wait for the Noble Art Self-Destruction to come out. I can't wait for people to see it happen and see what really it has in full, it, get it embraced in it, and it's going to be a blast. So as I say goodbye, I can't say goodbye. That's way too final. I have to end up by saying this, Lucas. I'll see you later. Yeah, dude. See you later, man. <laughs> Well, folks, that was my interview with Lucas from the band Holy Naps. Now it's time for Kevin's final thought. So quick final thought on this one. Holy Naps is absolutely fantastic. I cannot wait to go and see them live. I cannot wait to just really take part in all this. And I just cannot wait to just really immerse myself. Like this is, this band is so damn cool. At the exact same time, hearing that they're taking every opportunity that they can to try and find a way to embed themselves into people's subconscious because yeah, they might be playing shows where they're not going to be on the heaviest one on the bill, really connecting with every single fan, like Electric Callboy, where the anticipation is for Electric Callboy and maybe no one else. And who knows what else might happen, but what they're able to do is they're able to create this moment where people feel positivity around them every time they listen to it. And their music absolutely hits. You listen to the singles off of the no bar self-destruction right now and every one of them sounds like a holding absent song but every one of them is absolutely different the feeling they get on them absolutely hits and I, it makes me think you know when it comes to an absence these guys have the pressure on them from themselves to continue to go and do great things continue to try as many things as possible and connect as many people as possible so they're always in the subconscious mind the fans in the scene and that is absolutely incredible because when they do split eps with like what they did with loathe what they did with alpha wolf last year and when they come up with brand new music that's just them it's something where it absolutely hits the greatest mistake of my life sent this band into a new stratosphere and when it comes to the noble art of self-destruction, could it do the exact same thing? I'm honestly hoping that it does. I'm hoping that it continues on. I think it definitely has the quality behind it in terms of how the fans are going to receive it. I hope they receive it just as well as I have due to the fact that, I mean, they make you feel things. They absolutely make you feel things in the best way possible. And even if you like the heavy stuff, the lighter stuff, no matter what it is, Holy in Absence is going to be a band that you can easily connect with. I'm wearing the casket shirt because I feel like if you like caskets, if you feel the same way about them, Holding Absence, if you haven't heard of Holding Absence yet, you're going to be fully into it. This is a great band. Thank you, Lucas, for being on the podcast. If you want to follow along with everything Holding Absence, make sure you're not missing out on anything from them. Make sure you're getting a pre-order of the Noble Art of Self-Destruction. Make sure you're seeing them on tour, Sets Us Fail, and anything they're doing after their album release. Go link strips to the podcast or just find Holding Absence online. Links labels for everything down there. Get in the know with Holding Absence now. Follow along with them and become a fan of theirs. Also, make sure you're liking and subscribing to this Core Progression podcast. So like the video down here if you're on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button or the follow button. Subscribe if you're on YouTube. New episodes every single Tuesday and Thursday along with episodes, uh, clips, and uh, song reviews every single, song reactions, I say, every single Friday. So 
Link strips to the podcast for all the social media stuff as well. Thank you guys for supporting the podcast and guys for supporting the channel. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. Remember, 27 code CPP20 at FX.com. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. Thank you, Lucas, once again. This is absolutely incredible. Can I see you on tour? So on that note, that's me for you guys. Thank you for watching. to the Card Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin. And you guys know how I end every single one. So big, healthy, and hearty. See ya! Yeah!